right, good morning, everyone, again. Welcome to our Feast of the Word. And, uh, uh, well, this is our biblical the theological teaching, not quite um, expositional, but it's still a Feast of the Word. It's based on the Bible. Let's pray for God's blessings. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together uh, to receive teachings from your Word. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will guide every word I say and what we learn, what we build up. is biblical theology based on your word and is consistent with all known facts. May that be the truth that lead us to walk in the path of righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're doing our series uh, called What We Believe. Today is What Do We Believe About Mankind, About Ourselves, okay? Uh, there is actually only a bare understanding of ourselves, the humanity, in most churches' um, statements of beliefs. For example, in uh, ABC's brief statement of faith, which is called What We Believe, is on our bulletin. Okay? These are said about mankind, but it's together with sin altogether. Okay? And it's so it says that mankind is created in the image of God, yet Adam fell into sin in the Garden of Eden. Okay. These Bible verses can be used to support this statement. Genesis 1.27 said, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay. In Romans 5.12 said, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. Okay. And uh, uh, you see, only one half of that sentence is talked about what mankind is, that we are creating the man, image of God. And immediately it got get into sin, talking about sin. But in this, in the uh, systematic the theology, um, anthropology, the doctrine of man, is an independent doctrine from harmatiology, the doctrine of sin. So they are actually two different doctrines. However, in our statement of faith, very little is said about anthropology, and immediately spreads into harmatiology, and pretty soon to soteriology, the doctrine of salvation. You shall see. Okay. So mankind is now under condemnation because of sin, and no works of his own will save him. So what are these about? About harmatiology and about soteriology. You see? They're beyond uh, anthropology now. Okay? So mankind, what we are, is so closely related to sin that it's very hard to find pure anthropological theological statements about us without mentioning sin and then salvation. See? Uh, in Romans 3.23, it said, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay? Ephesians 2.1 said, And you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Ephesians 2.8 and 9 said, By grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So these are all talking about sin and salvation. Yes, they are related to mankind. In the longer beliefs and practice, which later evolved into the membership class manual, which was never finished, um, these are said about man, sin, and salvation altogether. 
Mankind, who was created in the image and likeness of God, is now sinful by nature. Because of the inheritance of Adam's sin, that's called original sin, and each individual's personal sin. So that's personal sin. You have original sin, you have personal sin. These will be talked next time when we meet in harmontiology, the doctrine of sin. Okay, what are sins? And mankind is therefore dead in trespasses and sins in God's sight. Okay, and the verses are Romans 3, 9. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have already uh, charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. So the Jews are not necessarily better than Gentiles. And all, you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Okay, and uh, Further statements, because of mankind's universal death by sin, no one can enter into this personal relationship with God unless they are born again. So this death by sin, uh, universal death by sin is talking about spiritual death. Okay. Now we can see that in John 3, 3, uh, Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So you need two births. Physical birth and spiritual birth in order to see God. And in Titus 3, 5, he said to us, Not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Regeneration is the recreation of our spirit from dead to live. And uh, the washing is the... Uh, Spiritual baptism by the Holy Spirit, which for Christians, especially Gentile Christians, we need to manifest by the washing by water, okay, water baptism. It is one act of obedience that we should do. It is not a necessity for salvation for Gentile Christians. It is for the Jewish and the Samaritans, okay, because for them, baptism in the name of Jesus, is part of their faith in the Trinity, not just in God. Okay? They need to believe in the Trinity. And baptism is part of their faith. For Gentiles, we are we had nothing. We have to be recreated as a whole. So we have the spiritual baptism first, like in Cornelius' family. They were baptized by the Holy Spirit first. They spoke in tongues, in Hebrew. That's why the Jews could hear that they are praising the word of God. The Italians speaking Hebrew. Okay? <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then they were baptized by water. That's the pattern for all of us. We have the spiritual baptism first, then the water baptism as a manifestation and declaration. Okay? So uh, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing, by the Holy Spirit, which is the continual sanctification. Okay, And in 1 Peter 1.23, said, For you have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and the enduring word of God. So people are not saved by seed or bloodline. Okay, And we uh, that is nothing but perishable. You know, wh where do you throw your perishable food? These days in America, I just throw it in the food processor in the sink. <laughs> okay, so, so you save the, from the stinkiness in the, tra in the trash can. So that's the perishable thing. The flesh is nothing but perishable. 
Uh, no matter what bloodline you are from, it's perishable. Okay? You are saved by the imperishable, which is the Holy Spirit regenerating your spirit, sanctifying your soul, and ultimately glorifying your uh, giving you a new body. So, uh, and it's through what? Through the living God, through his spirit, and through the enduring word of God. It's the word of God, okay? Personal word, Jesus Christ, printed the word, the Bible, that is imperishable. You are born by imbibing, drinking, okay? The blood of Jesus and consuming, eating, symbolically, the flesh of Jesus. And then the way practically for us is by reading and understanding and praying on the Bible. Okay, that is how you are regenerated and uh, sanctified. Okay, you you can see that in our statements it it goes it evolves quickly from anthropology into hermeneutology and soteriology. See, so very little is said about anthropology. These few facts are said about us, the humanity. We are created in God's image. We sinned and are sinful and are born sinful. We are dead under sin. We cannot save ourselves and we might be saved by God through Christ if we have faith in him. So these are more about what we are not rather than what we are. They mention what we might become without mentioning the plan from the beginning. So that's what we're trying to mend today. First question we ask is, what are we? When I say we, that, uh, that we, we mean man, mankind, humans, and humanity. These words used to be, um, you know, synonyms. But these days, the word man does not cover woman anymore. <laughs> so you have to say man and a woman, sons and daughters. So some Bibles translate sons as, as children in order to be plural. However, that is a theological error because it reduces our rights. The sons have rights, the children don't. <laughs> sons are heirs and children are not. So um, be careful when you read gender-neutral Bibles. Okay, um, It's not that they're all wrong, it's just occasionally when they do that, you have to adjust. Okay, So... Um, Man, mankind, and now mankind is no longer good. You have to say humankind. And not manhole, but service hole, you know. Uh, so, then what about woman? You still have men there, right? Whoa, woman. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know. You cannot totally get rid of men, can you? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, but we accept the facts, so we say these are all synonyms to us. Okay? So, we use them interchangeably. Okay. Ontologically. The ultimate being is the only eternal being, the triune God. You, if you want to trace what things are, you have to trace all the way to God to be thorough. God is one God and three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The three persons have the same attributes, the existential attributes that include self-existence, self-sufficiency, and the self-determination. And then the power attributes, that means uh, omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence. These two kinds of attributes are untransferable. They belong to God alone. The next two are transferable. They can transfer to man. That includes the moral attributes, including the holiness, righteousness, justice, love, mercy, and grace. Okay? And then the relational attributes, or rather the roles. They are called Lord, friend, and servant, above, equal, and below. And 
Because the three persons are the same in these attributes, indistinguishable, therefore there is only one God. Okay. Now, each person has his own mind, heart, and will. That means reason, emotion, and volition. Thus, there are three persons. The manifest personality of God altogether is the will of the Father in the election and the predestination, the mind of the Son, in, uh, who is called the Word and the Logos, the reason, ultimate reason, the ultimate principle. And then uh, the mind of the Son is uh, represented in the redemption and the justification. And the heart of the Holy Spirit represented in the regeneration and sanctification. So each person has his own mind, heart, and soul. But God altogether manifests his mind, soul, spirit, uh, mind, heart, will, heart, and will um, to creations through the will of the Father, the mind of the Son, and the heart of the Holy Spirit. The three persons of the Godhead are equal in position but different in roles. This is called the Trinitarian mystery that manifests in human family and church. Okay? So there should be equality in position and different in roles between the man and the woman in the family and between different believers in the church. Okay? That's called the Trinitarian mystery. Anywhere there's a full image of God. Not the partial image. You know, a man and a woman, each having the full image of God, but each also has a partial, uh, a masculine and feminine side. Okay? And God has it all. Okay? The strong and the, the, the soft side. Okay? And uh, uh, when you have a full image of God in the family and in the church, people having different gifts in the church, man and woman have different um, personality, but unite as one, okay? becoming one in both body and soul. Okay? And that is where you see this Trinitarian mystery, okay? where there's harmony okay, in family and in church. You see the equality in positions and different in roles, manifest, manifesting without conflict. Okay? That is how things are, because that's what God is. Okay? The uh, Three persons of the Godhead have a personal have a relationship of mutual love. Thus, God is love. This is true. And God sovereignly decided to expand the love in the family, which is the Trinity, to the household, uh, which includes humans, angels, and uh, the universe. The universe is immaterial and impersonal. Humans and angels are personal. Humans are children having the potential of becoming sons or heirs once the union with the eternal son happens. And then angels are servants forever. Okay? Love is the motive and the goal of creation. Thus, free will was created. Sin was expected and the redemption was prepared. So why do we have a world that is filled with sin, uh, Evil, which is using sin to hurt, and the suffering, that is being hurt. Well, that is because God created mankind with free will. When you have free will, you are expecting that sometimes disobedience happens. And when disobedience to the Holy God happens, sin exists. Okay? And with sin, you have evil. With evil, you have suffering. However, all of this is because God created human beings to love. Therefore, free will is a must. Okay. 
And however, and also at the end, after saving everybody, because God prepared uh, prepared a redemption. That's Christ Jesus. After saving everybody that He planned to save, all of this sin and evil will be dealt with. They will be isolated from the new heaven, new earth, and new Jerusalem. So God has a perfect plan to create beings that voluntarily submit to Him in a holy, loving relationship. That was the goal, and because of that goal, free will exists. Therefore, sin, evil, and suffering exist temporarily. Okay, all right. So here is the chart again. The family is God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the eternal being. The household will include man, universe, and angels. Universe is impersonal. Man and angels are personal. Men are children, potentially becoming sons. The elect will become that. Angels are servants. So sons are greater than servants. Children are. Lesser than servant. So some angels, because of jealousy, fell, and that's one third of them, and the two thirds remain holy, and they learn from the submitting women of the saved humanity in the church, okay, and to become content forever. So that is God's whole plan. Okay, what is the image of God or imago dei in Latin? The image of God is likeness or similarity. Okay. And uh, there are more than just humans who have similarity to God. Okay, in a sense, anything that exists is similar to God, who is the ultimate existence. Right. So the universe has a minimal similarity to God. Okay, because it exists, and God is what exists. Right, eternally, God is, was, is, and will ever be. He is the eternal being. Okay. So the universe has a likeness to God for existing. The animals have a likeness to God for being alive and animated, because God is the ultimate and original life. The angels have a likeness to God for having personhood, mind, heart, and will, like God, who is of three persons. The humans have all of the above, plus the potential of having the sonship. That is becoming the heir of the estate, the kingdom of God the Father, together with Christ, the eternal Son, and after the union with Him. So, man or mankind, humans, humanity alone has the full image of God, while others have a partial image. Okay, and uh, uh, because God is a trinity of trinities, three persons, each in, each having a personhood with three faculties. So man is uh, created as a trinity of trinities.、Uh, so a man is equal to a spirit plus a soul plus a body. So a man is a trinity. The spirit is a universal principle of life. The soul is an individual life, and the body is the visible container of the life. And the one Bible verse supporting the tricameralism, three chambers,、eh, is in this verse. One、uh, first. Thessalonians five twenty three. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete, without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see the spirit and soul and body, right? Underline. So we have three chambers. There are people who believe in two chambers. They say a natural and unnatural, or body and the spirit and soul together.、Uh, but the most biblical way is the 
tricameralism, not bicameralism. The soul uh, is also a trinity. The soul is composed of the conscience plus the person and the strength. The conscience is the ability to know good and evil, the deepest part of the soul. It is closest to the spirit. The strength is close to the body. Okay? While the person is composed of three things. Again, it's a trinity of mind, will, and heart. The, per the reason, the volition, uh, and the emotion. Uh, it is Jesus Christ who divided the soul into five parts. And in my Mark 12, 30, it says, And you shall love, which is a decision of the will, the Lord your God, with all your heart and with all of your soul, and that's the deepest part of the soul, which means conscience, and the, with all your mind and with all of your strength. You see? Paul divided humans into three chambers. Jesus divided soul into five faculties. And then the middle three is called the person. So we are a trinity of trinities because God is a trinity. And uh, the emphasis on conscience, heart, and strength, oh, talking about the mind, uh, which is reason, seems to be closer to conscience, the spirit, and the spirit, and the heart seems to be closer to the strength or body, uh, through the, uh, though the differences uh, vary and are only slightly. This is one thing. So in my chart, it's called snowman chart. You're going to see the mind is slightly higher than the heart. Okay? So it, it, uh, mind is slightly higher. It's the spirit. The highest is the innermost. Spirit, soul, and body. Okay? You have strength, person, and the, uh, you know, conscience, person, and strength. And in the person, you have mind, will, and heart. The mind is slightly heart, uh, higher closer to the conscience and spirit and heart emotion closer to the body ah, okay and uh, uh, the emphasis on conscience or heart or strength which is related to body and relationships to others uh, or mind around the soul these four around the soul if you have different emphasis uh, then you will have the four personalities which are choleric sanguine uh, phlegmatic and melancholy associated to the four images of the cherub lion man ox eagle the carrier of the glory of God so here are my illustrations this is a chart of the three cameralism tricameralism we have three layers like the uh, Machushkin dolls in Russia okay Machushkin means grandmother okay uh -huh. So, uh, we have three layers, the spirit, the soul, and the body. The spirit and soul are all invisible. Okay? However, spirit is universal. It's simply a elemental presence of the Holy Spirit of God, uh, which determines that we're alive. When the Holy Spirit decides not to be present, then we can't uh, live, even physically. Okay? Before the flood, the Holy Spirit was in human flesh for a thousand years. But after the flood, he will not dwell, strive with, with human flesh for over 120 years. And guess what? To <laughs> What happened to our physical age, the ideal age? It dropped from a thousand to 120. Okay? And actually lower than that. <laughs> okay? Uh, but if you have perfect health, you can live to 120. Okay? Uh, and, uh, of course, the transition happened gradually because the damage through the radiation ha happened gradually through maybe several hundred years. Okay. So, uh, the spirit is universal. The soul is individual. Your personality, yourself, your life is in your soul. Okay. And your body is nothing but a container. 
of your life, your soul. Okay, and uh, your soul exists even when you are without a body. Okay, and you have a new body which has some similarities to your body, but only look better. <laughs> okay, and uh, uh, here is a chart about the layers, faculties, and personalities. Okay, uh, ab above, which is innermost, is your spirit, and middle is your soul, and below is your body. Okay, and uh, your body has the left brain and right brain. Your left brain is more about reason, and right brain is more about emotion. And that is true. We divide it that way. And uh, uh, the the uppermost or innermost uh, faculty of your soul is the conscience that is associated to the spirit. The lowermost or outermost faculty of your soul is the strength, which is related to your body, which is related to the relationship to others. Okay. And uh, the the middle layer is your personhood. And in it are three faculties, the mind, the heart, and the will. The will is in the center. The mind is slightly heart, uh, higher because it's closer to the conscience. The heart is closer to the strength. And uh, um, you can divide it into uh, the unconscious part, which is strength and the body, or the subconscious part, which is conscience and the spirit, and the conscious part, which is your personhood. Okay? And you can divide it from the middle of your personhood. Uh, into a invisible, godlike, supernatural, immaterial part, which is the upper part, or the natural, material, visible, animal-like part, which is the lower part. Animals have partial personhood, but they don't have the full personhood. They definitely lack one thing, which is conscience, the, the ability to know good and evil. Uh, their behavior of being good or evil to us is by their nature. It's not the ability to know good or evil. Okay. And uh, um, if you divide your soul into four quadrants centered in the will and uh, uh, each containing one of the four faculties, you will have the four major personalities of mankind. And they have been represented differently, called different names in the Hebrew, Greek, or modern, which is Roman cultures, but they are really one and the same. Okay? In the uh, Hebrew culture, they are represented by the four images of the cherub, the lion, the man, the ox, and the eagle. And uh, in the uh, Greek culture, they are called choleric, sanguine, phlegmatic, and melancholy. And in the modern culture, which is Roman, uh, we're calling them dominant, influential, steady, and compliant, D-I-S-C, or DISC. Okay? And uh, they are really being primarily led by conscience, heart, strength, and mind. Okay? And no matter how psychology develops, they always end up having four major personalities. Okay, so you can go on, go online looking for the DISC test, and you you end up knowing what you are. I know what I am. Okay, I am I in the DISC. I'm high I, uh, high high D. Okay, number one I, number two D, number three C, number four S. So. That's, that's me. Uh, my wife is similar, only less variance. So we're really alike. Okay, And uh, different persons have different emphasis, but you have all of those. Okay, And uh, um, psychology is nothing but knowing our soul, right? Psyche is soul. Okay? So uh, that's the image of God. Why are we having these four? Because we have the potential of carrying the glory of God. What are cherubs? 
they are carriers of the glory of God, right? So uh, the when the Holy Spirit indwells us, we are carrying the glory of God. Okay. So what happened to the image of God in man? Well, first of all, the goal or the plan of God to, for mankind with the full image of uh, Imago Dei is to have proper relationships in holiness and love to all other beings. Okay? We have a four-way relationship, above, below, and to sideways. The above is to relate to God. Okay? Uh, we should relate to God in love and obedience. Below, we should relate to nature with rulership and wise usage. Okay? And uh, sideways to other humans, we should relate to them with love, respect, and cooperation. And then to angels, we should respect them and learning how to serve. Okay? Remember, angels are servants and our servants. However, the fallen angels want to be our lords. That's not right. You should not worship the fallen angels. You should learn from the holy angels how to serve. Because even though we are sons, we are united with the eternal son who is the servant of Yahweh. So we are all servants of God the Father, too. So that's how you primer, you, you learn to relate with all other beings. Okay? However, sin, which is thoughts and actions contrary to the moral character of God. When sin entered the world, it broke all of those relationships. To God, we now have disobedience, rebellion, and hypocrisy. To nature, we lost the rulership and we elevate and worship it in many cultures. And uh, in, to other humans, we're now using them, deceiving them, and hating some of them. Okay? And uh, to angels, some of us worship and follow the fallen angels. Others uh, unknowingly do so. Okay? So overall, we, for sinners, we reduce the position of God and we reduce the position of other humans. Okay? And we elevate the position of the fallen angels and we elevate the position of nature. That's how all those uh, relationships are broken. You are put, you put yourself in the wrong place. Okay, uh, and uh, continuing, what happened to the image of God in man? The natural or fallen man has all his faculties darkened. Okay, the Bible says this in Romans one twenty one. For e for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they become futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. And in Romans 1.11 it says, uh, quoting Old Testament, let their eyes be darkened to see not and bend their backs forever. And in Ephesians 4.18 the Bible says, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. So the darkness, uh, the darkened conscience mistakes what other humans do normally as good, mixing good and evil, even to the level of counting good as evil and evil as good. Okay? So the Bible definitely condemned, well, among all sins, it counted homosexuality as the ultimate behavior of dying human societies. Okay? Uh, it's not that it's worse than all other sins, but when these things dominate, societies die. Okay? So, what is happening today? Homosexuality is glorified uh, as a human right, and those who simply pointing out that this is a sin are considered haters. 
Okay? Uh, transgenderism is actually a mental disease. But these days it's considered a human right, and those who object, men entering women's bathroom because he thought he was a woman that day, are considered well, haters. Okay? So, this is counting good and evil, and evil is good. And this is how humanity has fallen. We, the humanity, have fallen to the boundary of death, dying off. When everybody's homosexual, nobody's reproducing. All right? We will die off. Okay? And that is exactly the goal of Satan, to kill all humans. Okay? Because God has a great man for us to becoming sons and heirs, and he should remain servant. And he says, that's not fair, and he proceeded to prove that we're not worthy, and we are not worthy until we are in Christ Jesus. Okay, So, yeah, God said human beings, our mind, our heart, and our spirit, which is what the eyes means, are all darkened. There's not one faculty in us that is not darkened. Okay? So the darkened mind fails to understand the truth. The darkened will no longer truly is no longer truly free. It is bound by sin. When tempted, it is more likely to sin than not. The, the darkened heart feels what the flesh or the body feels. The darkened body or the flesh contains the sinful nature, which is in the which is the likeness to sin under temptation. You're more likely to sin than not. Okay? And that's called a sinful nature. <clears throat> it is not a matter of if one will sin. It is a matter of when and how much. Okay? And the, the sinful nature is in the DNA of fallen uh, mankind. I don't know which gene it is. If there is, they might. If it's special, they might be able to remove it. But uh, it's probably in the whole thing. It is in when we, when we are born, we have the sinful nature. And uh, uh, it cannot be removed even by the regeneration of the spirit, uh, which is when we are born again, and or the sanctification of the soul. No matter how you sanctified you are seeking for righteousness, you still have the sinful nature in your body. You can't get rid of it until after the glorification of the body. Okay. So those who say they do not sin anymore after they believed, they're lying. Or they are deceived, okay, and because uh, they don't really know themselves. You know, it's important to know God, know the angels, and know the demons, and know others. It's also very important to know ourselves, okay. And if you either overestimate or underestimate yourself, then you can't live properly. Okay, that's what biblical anthropology is: to know ourselves properly, put in the right position, not too high and not too low. Okay. And uh, here is a chart on the natural man. You see all of the faculties, the fa seven faculties. You have five in the soul and plus the spirit and body. Seven faculties, all are darkened. Not one is not darkened or corrupt. So even the will, it is no longer totally free. Yes, you still have some free will, but on the matter of sin and salvation, you are not free. You are bound by sin. It's called the bondage of the will, written by uh, a book written by Martin Luther. The bondage of the will. Your will is under the bondage of sin. 
Okay, you're not free. No one chooses to follow God. Not one righteous, not one seeking after God, according to according to Apostle Paul in Romans. Okay, so uh, there's not one faculty that is not corrupted or darkened. Okay, this is a difference between uh, those who believe so and some who believe that the will is still free. They are deceived by the term free will. The term free will should put, be put under a quotation mark. It is called free will because it was the intention of God. But the reality is that it is bound by sin. You know, even the drug users, they still have free will. But are they really free on the matter of drugs? No, they're bound, right, by their flesh, right? They have to have it, okay? So the same thing happened to sinners. Sinners have to sin because not that's what they are, okay? It's not if, it's a matter of when and how much, okay? So that is a reality for the fallen mankind, okay? But is there hope for us? Yes, and how? How can the image of God be restored? It takes the work of the Trinity, First of all, the Father's election, predestination, and adoption. Number two, the Son's redemption, justification, and spiritual marriage to the church. And three, the Holy Spirit's regeneration of the spirit and sanctification of the soul. And four, the Trinity's glorification of the human body. You see, it takes the work of all three persons of Godhead. And it takes the five steps of the so-called five golden rings of salvation. Okay? The first step is God's election which is called foreknowledge. The word to know in Hebrew, yada, means to have deep personal knowledge, as in the level of Adam knew Eve. So God predetermined uh, to have deep personal family-like love relationship to some humans. That's called the elect. Okay, these people will be called the bride of Christ, so they are married into the family. Okay, so that God predetermined this, and this is called a foreknowledge. It's it's election. Foreknowledge is a synonym of election. It is not foreseeing. It is more than that. It is election, and the election at the same time election there is predestination. The elect are predestined to have an end together with Christ as the as the heir of the kingdom. And then three, the calling. The calling includes the re rest restoration of the free will, okay? From bound to actually free. And it's in our free will, we surrender to the wooing of God, okay? We voluntarily enter into a love relationship. We're not forced into that, okay? So that is how we enter the family of God. We're not brought in kicking and screaming. We were. But when we agree, we were not kicking. We were grateful and willingly. Okay. And then the fourth step is justification. That is justification by faith in Christ Jesus. And fifth is glorification. The sanctification is not mentioned because it is not determined by God alone. These five are all determined by God alone. And now the sanctification justification process, uh, uh, salvation justification plus sanctification, they are uh, they take the eight steps of the Beatitudes, okay? Four steps in giving a new spiritual life and four steps in removing the old worldly life, 
Okay, look at this chart of the, of the uh, snowman. Our spirit was dead. Totally, the spirit was totally dark. You see here, it was totally dark. It was dead. Okay, until we are regenerated, born again. Okay, by God, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit dwells within our spirit. Okay, permanently. This is what happens to the church. And then God revives the conscience and then gives the understanding to the mind and let us agree uh, in the will. Then we'll experience the goodness of God in, and feel it in our heart. Then we will use all of our strength to follow God and our body will exhibit God's image and action to others. And others will see how good God is and they will be attracted to coming to the family of God. That's how God saves a man, okay? And it takes two rounds through the soul, the four, four faculties around the, uh, the, the will, okay? The, uh, the first step comes, uh, it's Beatitude 1. It's, it's in God, it's like, think about yourself as a rock, and God injects liquid gold into this rock between the conscience and the mind. It's a, it's a combined action of these two, okay? Be poured up. Blessed are the pouring spirit, for the kingdom uh, of God, heaven is theirs. For people who have the humility to recognize that they are actually poor in spirit. They're not rich in spirit. They're not worthy of heaven. They, have, they fall short of the glory of God. For those who have this humility, the kingdom of heaven opens its gate. So he might enter. This is how the kingdom of heaven belongs to him. Okay? And it is the mind and the conscience combinedly working. And uh, this is the, this is how you become a seeker, an act of God. And the next step is beatitude two. It's between the conscience and the soul. God inserts another uh, syringe of liquid gold. Okay, and He says, "Blessed are those who mourn. Mourn for for what? Mourn for our sin. For not only for sinning, but for being sinners that we cannot change our nature. Okay, and in this case." It's a matter of heart, okay? When you do this, you are comforted by God's grace. Now, gospel has personal relationship to you, okay? You are comforted because you are not saved by your behavior and works. You're saved by what? By grace, okay? Uh, so, uh, after this, this is how you're changed to a believer and a saved, a saint in God's uh, terminology, in, in his book. Uh, of moral, uh, ethical book. And then after that, the third syringe of liquid gold into this rocky person is the third step. It's called, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Once you are saved, you know you are a son of God. You have an inheritance in heaven, and you don't mind the losing things on the earth. That's how you uh, becoming meek. You don't mind giving away some of yours for others because you know you have many more. <laughs> and uh, you no longer live for yourself. You start to live for God and for others. Okay, That's a saved person. It's the first primary uh, manifestation of having been saved. Okay, Meekness. Okay, uh, Peace is what you feel within. Meekness is what you show without. Okay? And uh, uh, this is related to your strength and body and relationship to others. Okay? And then finally, the, uh, the uh, fourth syringe of liquid gold injected to us is the hunger and thirst for righteousness. We want to be like our Father in heaven who is perfect, 
So God says, be ye perfect, because your Father is perfect. We know we can't reach it, but we never stop trying. Okay? We want to be righteous. We want to be good. And, uh, uh, and uh, this is your sanctification path all the way uh, while we remain on the earth. And uh, um, the, these four steps goes around our, our soul. Okay? And it involves primarily the conscience, heart, strength, and mind. Okay? But this is not the end. This is just the beginning. This round gives us a new life. The next round gives removes the old life. Okay? So uh, the Beatitude 5 saying, be, be merciful, for you shall obtain mercy. And uh, that is the, re- the continuation of the humility from be- knowing that we are poor in spirit. After you're saved, you know that Yes, we were sinners, and we are now called saints. But we are not actually sensing everything, right? We do. So we still may sin, and we still need mercy. Therefore, we will obey this command. Be ye merciful. Okay? For thus you obtain mercy. Forgive, and thus you receive forgiveness. Okay? So this is simply the continuation of the humility from the first beatitude. The merciful will obtain mercy, and this is how you deal with your sins, okay? And this is how you deal with others. And the next step is about involving the heart, okay? Uh, this, this is talking about be pure in heart. And blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. When you have purity in heart, you have the right motive of living and serving. You're not serving God to gain fame and fortune, Okay? Uh, or better relationship or a claim from others. You're serving God and others for the joy of living r- rightly as the way you're created for. Okay? It's what Christ does. It's what you will do. Okay? This is your heart. You serve for the purpose of joy in serving. Okay? Because that's what Christ does, and you are now in his image. So when you have the right motive of service, God will give you a right ministry, which is reconciliation. So blessed be those who are what? Uh, peacemakers. Okay? For they shall be called the sons of God. God has made reconciliation with mankind his personal ministry. So if we do his job, we are considered his son. Okay? So... You, your ministry is to bring peace, bring God to man's heart so they have peace with God. And the, once they have peace with God, they can have peace with men. That's our ministry, bring peace. The word peace, not in the sense of the, 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 the Muslim. For them, word peace means conquest. Okay, Not in the sense of Jews either. For them, word peace means they become the primary first nation. Okay? In our sense of the word peace is bring people to Christ. Then they have peace with God and peace with others. Okay? So bring peace through Christ. That's our goal. Okay? A purpose of life. It's our ministry. When we do this job, we are considered the sons of God because that's his job. And finally, the last step is that blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. When you have become sanctified so much that righteousness becomes your primary characteristics, no longer sin or struggle with sin, okay? then you will be inconsistent to this 
sinful, darkened world, because you are light and that's darkness. You are inconsistent. You are naturally persecuted, not for the sake of sin, but for the sake of your righteousness. And in that case, it simply is a proof that you're definitely going to heaven. <laughs> you're not fit for the earth, you're fit for heaven. Okay? For these people, the kingdom is theirs means they're guaranteed. The, the gate not only opened, they're in. It's already behind them, closed behind them. Okay? So that is the path of salvation. Two rounds of going through your soul, keeping the liquid gold to the rock, and then taking away the old rocks, melting them and taking them away. And then you, when you are pure gold in the image of God, you're ready for eternal life. So, what a beautiful plan, right? It, it's wonderful. And uh, um, then finally, we want to talk about what is the real history of mankind. Okay? Many lies have been told about the history of mankind, either from false religions or science. You know, science is only reliable when it can do experiments. But the origin is something that they cannot do experiments, right? Therefore, the the theory of the origin from science is nothing but extended theories based on their limited evidence. And if they are inconsistent with, with the Bible, which is written by the only eyewitness of the origin, they are nothing but fables, modern tales. Okay? Mankind was created by God uh, in his and their full image on the sixth day of the creation week, which I know it is Nisan 6 or Gregorian uh, April 6, 3893 BC. Okay? And because of the roles of God the Father and the Son are masculine and the role of the Holy Spirit was feminine, like the wife and mother in the household of mankind represented by the eternal wisdom and P31 woman, in Proverbs. Therefore, God created mankind as a man and a woman, Adam and Eve. And in their relationship, the Trinitarian mystery is expected to manifest. Equality in position, different in roles. Okay? And the human nature of Adam and Eve before the fall was sinless. They had a beautiful fellowship with God. The humanity of Jesus Christ was the sinless one. However, sinful nature was added to the human nature of Adam and Eve. This may be called epigenetics today. You know, according to genetics, what you acquired in your life cannot be in your, in your DNA, in your genes. Okay? For example, you can acquire many muscles. Are your son, is your son born with many muscles? No, he has to acquire his own, right? So acquired characteristics cannot be inherited. That's a genetic principle. However, today we find there's something peculiar, which may be called epigenetics. And that actually happened in adding sinful nature to human nature. Okay? The behavior of Adam and Eve added something to their DNA. Okay? Uh, and uh, that's called epigenetics. And then all humans born from them, and all are, have the sinful nature. And this is genetics. Okay? I don't know where the gene is, but I know it, it is there, somewhere in our DNA. We are born with a sinful nature. And Cain, the firstborn humans, human, killed his brother Abel, thus the, conscience, uh, the consequence of sin manifested its extreme nature, breaking all proper relationships to God, to nature, to man, and to nature. Uh, uh, no, God, nature, man, and angels. Okay? And resulting in death. So the wage of sin is death. 
Okay. And Cain married his sister, for no genetic damage existed before the flood due to the water canopy. Okay. The uh, banning of that only after the flood. And the humanity grew into great numbers, so did sin grew to dominance. And the fallen angels, or slaves, uh, either without body, called demons, or with body, called Nephilim, they ruled over humanity, who are children, and that's not right. The earth was filled with violence. God reset human history by wiping out most of fallen men and Nephilim through the flood, which happened in 2238 to 2237 B.C. And the preserving only Noah and his three sons, Japheth, Ham, and Shem, according to the birth order. Yeah, in the Bible, you, you heard that uh, Noah became the father of three, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, when he was 500 years old. Well, that is saying he became the father of three in this year. In other words, he had a third son in that year. And the third son was the first mentioned, Shem. Okay? And the other two are listed later in the reverse order. So when you see the genealogy in Genesis 10, it was listed Japheth, Ham, and Shem. Okay. So, uh, you know, Shem was born uh, 100 years before the flood, while Japheth and Ham were born way before that. And I believe they may have had children, children, and uh, they would have been on the ark. And they are all counted, included in the eight people. That's how ancient people count, the heads. Okay, those under the heads are already included. Okay. So anyway, um, the three sons and the human race regrew to millions in 360 years, but was led by Nimrod uh, to worship false gods at the Tower of Babel, which happened in 1898 BC. God divided human beings into different nations to prevent similar rebellions. About the dates, uh, there were 1656 years from creation to the flood. One year for the flood, and 360 years from the flood to the Tower of Babel. And only after then, there were nations, or races, as we understand. Okay? And uh, uh, the 1898 BC is the, biblically the last year of Peleg, whose name means division. Okay? And the Chinese calendar began from 1898 BC. Okay? It's not a coincidence, I believe. Okay. And here is something I learned from Chinese history. We can find, find that there was an Adam, and there was a, a woman named Wa, which is Hava, Eve. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the children from uh, uh, the uh, Mr. Farmer, which is uh, uh, Cain. Okay? Uh, there are uh, eight generations, uh, that I, ten generations that I can find matching in meaning with the biblical ten generations of, the, of Cain. Okay? And from Noah and on, uh, China, there is a book called the uh, Bamboo Annals. I, I deciphered that and found that a match with biblical history, not only in names, but also in dates. Okay? So the first Chinese king, according to them, was not the biblical Noah. And then they had Shem, it has Japheth, they had Ham, and it has Cush, and they had uh, uh, our facts add, and they have uh, um, um, she, she, um, what is that? Our facts add. Um, Shela, and it has uh, Eber, and it has Peleg, and from Peleg, one son grew to Hebrew people, one son grew to Chinese people. So they match not only in name but also in dates, in numbers. Okay. 
And I don't think it's a coincidence either. There is one human race. It's recorded in many ways. Okay. And then here are the 17 nations after the Tower of Babel. 70 names were recorded in the Bible, uh, in the table of nations. So 70 is a symbol of nations, while 12 is a symbol of Israel. So from Noah, you have Japheth, Ham, and uh, Shem. And uh, from Japheth, you have Gomer, which means German, okay? So the, the Germanic people. And uh, from, uh, what is that? The uh, Magog, and you have uh, the, the Scythians. From the Madai, you have the um, Medes and Persians. From Javan, or Yawan, or the Ionian Sea, in, as in the Ionian Sea, they are the Greeks. And then from the uh, Meshek, and there's something in Northern Europe, and then Tiras is um, Thracians, and so on. So you see, the Japheth uh, descendants went to Europe. Okay. And from Ham, you have Cush, which is Ethiopia. You have Mizraim, which is Egypt. You have Put, which is Libya. And you have Canaan, which is land of Canaan. Uh, today is Israel. And uh, you, you see these people mostly went to Africa and a little bit in Western Asia. And from Shem, you have Elam, which is today's Iran. Uh, you have Ashur, which is today's Mesopotamia. You have Afaxad, which is what Chinese king. And you have Lud, which is Libya in today's Mesopotamia, and you have Aram, which is Syria. You see, most of these Shemitic people are in Asia. Okay, So that's how we get it. What was the real history of mankind? There is just one human race, and visibly so before the Tower of Babel, uh, the confusion of the language event. The people groups from the three sons of Noah went to three continents and formed the three major races, as we know, and the language groups. Japheth, which means expand, went to Europe. They formed the Caucasoid. Caucasian people, or the white race. And the language group is called Indo-European. Ham, which means black, went to Africa, and they formed the Negroid people, especially the Cushites. The Bible said the Cushites uh, uh, are the Negroids. And then the uh, Semi Semitic, uh, their language is called a Semitic Hamitic. And then Shem, uh, which means name, went to Asia, and uh, those who went extremely east are the Mongoloids, uh, or their language group are the Asian Pacific people. So we have three races, we have three language groups. Okay? And they fit with Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the Chinese is a mixture of all three. Our first dynasty, Xia, is Semitic. Our, uh, it mixed with Miao or Mongs, who are Japhethetic. And the second dynasty is Shang, which means trade. It is probably Canaanite, which means trade. They all sacrifice human beings. And the third dynasty, Zhou, is the same with the first. And the fourth dynasty, Qin, uh, is from Sinim, or Sinites, uh, which is from Canaan. And from that name, Qin, came China. So, um, maybe that's why the first emperor in China is called the Yellow Emperor. <laughs> because we are the mixture of all three races. The original, maybe more like us than others. We're neither too white nor too black. Okay. And uh, the Northern African, Northern American Indians were Asians that came through the land bridge. The Mesoamerican and South American Indians came through the sea. Uh, while the Mayans, we know pretty sure they are Chinese, second dynasty descendants, the Shang people. They came here after being overthrown by the third dynasty, Zhou, so that's about 1000 BC. While Inca, Aztec, etc., they are Middle Eastern. Uh, they are most likely Phoenician. Uh, therefore, canonizing origin, and uh, they sacrifice humans, and uh, they have high knowledge of astronomy. Okay. Overall, we know 
that all humans are lost to God, each in his own way of sin. Israel and the Jew, or as its remnant, the Jews, they were chosen as a sample of all humanity to illustrate the impossibility of salvation by works and law. They are no better and no worse than others. Okay. So uh, don't put them too high nor too low. Okay. They are just a sample of all of us. Okay. So their inability to be saved through the works and law is a lesson written for us to let us know what not to do and to do what should do, which is salvation by faith and grace, and therefore because of greatness, obedience. Okay? That is what humanity is. And therefore, there is one hope for humanity, salvation in Christ Jesus. No longer Jews or Gentiles. No, no matter Jews or Gentiles. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us... Uh, a, a lesson, biblical theology on humanity, the anthropology. We thank you for letting us know who we are so that we can live out the goal, the purpose that you created us to be, to be fully restored to the image uh, of God and uh, to conform to the image of Christ and to become fellow heirs of salvation together with him. And we pray that this become our uh sense of self-identity, neither too high nor too low, and uh, we will live out so to glorify your name, to make you pleased for having your will be done on earth as in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's conclude our uh, singing. If you'll stand, please. Sing, take my life and let it be. <clears throat> Love of God, the mercy and grace of Christ, and the fellowship of Holy Spirit be with you and me and all of us, making us fully restored in our image of God and until we are like Christ Jesus in inside and out with the glorified body. We pray that day come soon, but before then, do it inside and fully in Jesus' name. Amen. I think maybe I should turn that around before you before your message. <laughs> Try to remember it's okay. They're Marvelous. Yeah.
the simple nature and all of it? Yeah, I, I didn't. Oh, you didn't it. give it? Okay. I didn't give it, yeah. No, we need that one. Remind us. <laughs> that was awesome. That had all of it in it. Very oh, condensed. That was, that was, 